Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by Elisa Woods. Hey, Elisa. Hey, yo. We took a little break last week. I had a vacation, and now we're back. We're in the swing of things, and we're ready to roll. I was going to say back and better than ever, but we're just back in average. Yeah, I don't give our listeners false advertising. Back and averager than ever. We're here. <laughs> We're going to start out our podcast like we do every episode, and that is to thank our sponsors at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Um, we've mentioned the Ivy Women in Business Awards before. We've talked about them quite a bit, actually, and they just announced the winner of the um, Business Champion Award, and her name is Connie Weimer. She's a business and civic leader in the area who has served as owner and chair of the Business Pub Publications Corporation, which publishes the business record, um, Catch DSM, all of those magazines that we see in the area. She's been doing it for four decades. Wow. And I was just thinking about how wild it is now for someone to hold a position with the same company for four decades. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, so no kidding. kudos to you, Connie. We're proud of you. Keep being a women in business champion. We're proud of you. Um, and we also need to shout out our sponsors of the entire network, the Mississippi River Distilling Company. I mentioned on our last episode, Elisa, that I was talking to someone who um, said they were going to do a whiskey lemonade for their signature drink at their wedding. Oh, yeah. My sister got married last weekend and she did not do whiskey lemonade. Oh, wow. Drink. Well, so Cody Road. Did she do one? Yeah, it was it was. Uh, I don't know. I think it was a sangria, maybe. I couldn't, I had like a sip of it and it felt like I had a sugar sweater on my teeth. So I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't drink um, They did post Mississippi River Distilling Company posted today the Iowish cream in martini form. <gasps> I on saw this. Instagram. It's the, uh, I don't even know how to say that. Vanesse, V I E N N E S E. I don't know. That sounds real fancy. <laughs> Sounds real fancy for this Iowa girl. Um, Martini from the um, Quad City Distillery. Okay, cool. Yeah, that that would be a good signature wedding drink too. Yeah, but basically what good. I'm saying is Sam dropped, my sister Sam dropped the ball uh, not serving Cody Road at her wedding. You know what? She didn't drop the ball though. Having you make her cake? Well, I was going to say having um, more Cyclone fans there than Hawkeye fans. Yes. So or at she, least cyclones with deeper pockets right she they did a basket where you threw in money and at the end of the night the basket there was a hawkeye basket and a cyclone basket the winner the i guess the loser had to wear the opposing team's t-shirt on their honeymoon so her new husband taylor was sporting an iowa state shirt down in mexico but alisa <laughs> also made her cake she made delicious cupcakes that were devoured within minutes and i ate three of them and my mom got none of them my sorry gosh. mom sorry mom sorry mom Next time I make some, I'll save some for your mom. The girl, my girl said that next time we get treats from Elisa, we have to send some to Nana. So Aww. yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick to go back to Mississippi river. I wanted to mention, be on the lookout for tick tickets to the cyclone fanatic road show over there in LeClaire um, on August 25th. So got to get yourselves over to Mississippi river. <laughs> Why do we all really... of a sudden have like a really thick Southern accent? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Just excited to see you. Um, all right. Speaking of baking, can we talk about the state fair really quick yeah. before we get into this? 
Tell us what you're doing. This is one of my favorite parts to okay. talk to you about every year. So every it's year. different this year. I know it is different. So like the past eight years, I've done anywhere from like 10 to 40 entries. So I enter the baking and cooking contests at the fair um, that have like cash prizes. Smart and woman. Card prizes. Money and stuff like that. So they have a stipulation that if you like have a full-time licensed bakery, you can't do it. Or if you, you know, work for a full-time licensed bakery, which I do and I have, so I can no longer enter those contests. However, there are a couple professional ones that I can do. I entered the cake contests on Monday, um, like the decorated cake contests. And you actually just decorate a styrofoam cake dummy is what it's called. So I ended up with two first place and two second place. Woo-hoo! out of the four that I brought. So that was awesome. We're proud of you. And if you want to see them, go to the Elwell building and check them out. And then I'm hosting a contest. I'm judging a contest on Thursday, hosting and judging a contest on the last Saturday. And then there's a professional gingerbread contest, gingerbread house contest that I'm doing on Sunday. I remember the very first time you and I met, you were just, um, I can't remember if you were just getting done with the fair or just revving up for the fair, but you were telling me about everything that goes into it and it blew my mind. It's pretty intense. And I have a friend, Lauren, who's doing a bunch of entries this year and she keeps messaging me and she's like, should I have a cake board with scalloped edges? And I'm like, no, you probably shouldn't <laughs> like, okay, should I do this? No, you probably shouldn't. Should I do this? No, you probably shouldn't. Cause you know, all the so, ins and outs. I do know all of the little tricks of the trade. Yeah. Well, we're proud of you. Keep Thanks. us updated as to what happens with your gingerbread house and the, the competitions you're hosting. I will. Thank okay. you. Good job, Elisa. Thanks. State fair time always marks the end of summer, which marks the beginning of fall, which means it's just about football season. So you know what we should talk about? Women's basketball. I was going to say volleyball. (laughs) (laughs) We have to lead off our women's basketball chat with um, what Stephanie Soares did over the weekend. So she is the 6'6 forward that we acquired. Um, She's a transfer from an, an NAIA school. She played for her home country in Brazil over the weekend in the South America Women's Championship for the FIBA um, championship. And Brazil not only made it to the championship, but won over Argentina in a tight game. It was 69 to 68. And Brazil was down three in the second half. And Soares went on an eight-point run to put Brazil in the lead. And no big deal, but she also had 10 rebounds in the second half. Wow. So it's just good to see her playing well. And her best game of the tournament was in the semifinals against Venezuela. She had I think 15 points and six rebounds. So solid games out of her, solid minutes out of her. So is this the type of thing that she's now allowed to do because of NIL or would she have been able to do this either way? I think this is similar to when our um, players play in the like team USA type of stuff, the amateur stuff. So I don't think it's NIL related, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Okay. Yeah. Just wondering. Yeah. That's a good question, but Either way, um, just kind of building the excitement for what's to come. And I guess we should mention some really disappointing news about what's to come this season. Paige Beckers tore her ACL in her left knee. It was the same knee she injured last year that left her on the um, sidelines for much of the year. You know, this is a bummer. She's such a face of the game. 
And it's just to see someone with such a um, presence go down like that. And then, you know, after a year of, you know, not being able to play, just a real bummer. Um, but I'm going to be that person and say it does open up some doors because UConn lost two of their top scorers last year, and now they're without backers in their lineup. So I'd looked, and that means they're out 52% of their scoring output. So you have one of the top five teams in the country who's um, going to be in some trouble. Now, they also have, I think, two of the five top five incoming recruits. So it's not like they're hurting for talent, but right. you have their leaders gone. Right. Um, and it'll be interesting to see that opens a door for teams like Iowa state, you know, obviously South Carolina is going to be in the mix again, but, and it also opened door opens doors for players like Caitlin Clark, because Paige had been, I think her and Caitlin were kind of faces of the game for sure. Um, but this opens up more opportunities for her, her to become even more of a face of the game. Um, Obviously that's not, this is not what anyone wants to see happen, but it's the, it happened. And so it'll just be interesting to see how this plays out for the rest of the season, both on the court and off the court with NIL and just, um, you know, personality, um, opportunities out there. I saw this video that, um, UConn athletics had done, and I think that they had probably done it. I assume before she got injured, Mm -hmm. but it was the football team and they're like, Hey, who's the best player on UConn and they're like I mean it's it's Paige uh, like there they was even, no context right like, who's the who's the best best athlete yeah at UConn like who's the best player at UConn in any Paige. sport Paige. and they're like well it's Paige mm-hmm. and everybody's like Paige 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 one guy is like but if we're talking basketball it's Paige and my guess and he like kind of laughed and my guess is he was like well it's me <laughs> You know, <laughs> because he, some, you, there's always that yeah, guy that has to he say just it. seemed like that guy. Well, of course it's me. You know, he just seemed That's like great. kind of a goofy guy, but he like, and he was kind of laughing and I was like, I bet you made a joke that it's you, yes. but they cut that part out. But yeah, he's like, but if we're talking basketball, like it's Paige. Yeah. Like there was no context to what sport or anything like that. It they was just, just like, knew. Oh, it's Paige. Yeah. Which makes it all the more devastating. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a bummer to see someone like that go down. And she was playing in a pickup game too. You yeah. know, it wasn't even like a high stakes situation, but it happens. It happens all the time. So yeah, we wish her a speedy recovery. She's good for the game. Her personality, the way she plays, all of it's good for the game. So yeah. hopefully we'll see her back next year. It really reminds me too, like of another um, high profile player that is always getting his ankles um hurt Steph Curry so um and the parallels between those two are I mean we hear about him all the time yeah but I think that um a lot of the stuff that he did to strengthen his ankles and he's still getting injured often and it's it's just those people like Anthony Davis you just Mm -hmm. there's just people who get injured are more prone Mm -hmm. yeah and once it happens once it's going to happen a yeah lot it makes more. it does i wondered and i'm i'm no doctor but yeah. i wondered if her injury i think she um this is not this is super layman's terms but essentially like broke her part of her kneecap and mm. she um tore part of her meniscus so you know i mean, I mean the instability even after repair it makes you yeah. wonder if that had something to do with it yeah that sucks Such a bummer. It, i mean uconn probably has the best doctors for I'm women's sure. basketball right. that you could possibly money and if they don't buy. that's a damn shame right right <laughs> but she already had but. surgery i saw 
on Twitter pictures of her recovering. So, and I, if there's anyone in the world who can bounce back, it's going to be someone like her who works That's her for tail sure. off. Yeah. I mean, and I think about too, like Sabrina Ionescu mm-hmm. got injured her rookie year in the WNBA and then came back and look at what she's doing now. Like yeah. we were talking about this before, like crushing it. Can you, t- can you mention that stat that you had pulled up? Yeah. So she is the first player here it is so she is the first player in the in WNBA history to reach 500 points 200 rebounds and 200 assists in a single season crushing it that's insane it's insane okay but think about that too like okay five two and two so that's for every 10 points she has four rebounds and four assists in every like for every 20 points she has 10 rebounds. Am I doing this math correct? No. I mean, Five. you're asking a lawyer to do math. So Five for every 20 is eight. Eight point or for every 20 points is eight rebounds. And I eight wish you assists. guys could see my face. I know. Like, so the eight rebounds uh, like that kind of matches up, but eight assists. Yeah. That's all. No, so she's like stud. the assist number is really what's like standing out to me as super impressive. And, and she was, and she was so highly touted coming into the WNBA. Then she gets injured. And then it's exactly like you said, everyone wonders what's going to happen. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I imagine Paige could do the same thing and yeah. even bigger numbers once she gets yeah. back. I hope I don't, I don't think any WNBA team is going to be afraid to take her based <laughs> right. on that's a great way to put her it. injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, more news in college women's basketball, Texas Tech, the lady Red Raiders signed a record name image likeness deal with a marketing agency level 13. And so the terms of the deal are that each player on the team gets $25,000. And what I understand is that serves as the baseline. And then the marketing agency will then help the team, help individual players set up other NIL ventures, NIL ventures. So the $25,000 is the floor. Um, according to front office sports, it's the largest of any kind. This deal is the largest of any kind for a women's basketball program. Now I'm torn about this because, you know, if you listen to our podcast at all, although we are all in favor of, um, supporting women's basketball players at the collegiate level, especially right now when this name image likeness thing is exploding. We're talking guys who are getting six figures and there haven't been a ton of um, equitable NIL deals for teams um, so far. So in that sense, this is cool. My problem is giving every player this you know, $25,000 each gets an equal cut to me. That's not name image likeness. That is the pay for play that we've talked about over and over again. And that's just, that is always, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the school, regardless of the team, that is always going to rub me the wrong way. And until we start treating name image likeness as true name image likeness, and you're paying someone for, you know, their personality going to speak on showing up on a commercial, showing up at an event, I don't like the, the, everyone gets an equal cut just for being a part of the team. That's my, I have a, I have a real issue with that. So, and that's kind of where I sit at it. Tell me about what your issue is with it, because I'm kind of gray on that because I understand pay for play, but also like the work that they put in for the university, I think is, is worth cash. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if you're going to pay everyone an equal amount, like every player gets the equal share, to me, that's a salary. You're paying each of them a salary. It's a base salary. Um, And at that point, they're employees. This isn't name image likeness. But I'm not even necessarily against that. I mean, I think that's probably where we're going to end up in the grand scheme of things. You're just saying don't call it NIL. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I got you. Because I don't think that is the appropriate label for it. Yeah. Because I don't um, have and, a problem with them being on payroll. Yeah. I mean, I ha- I have a problem with it in the sense that I think it opens up a million right. cans of worms. I that mean, I don't, but, as did NIL. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think that they deserve more than what the scholarship they're getting paid um, yeah. amounts to. Yes. I, so you and I are on the same page yeah. there. I just don't, I don't think this is the right label for it. And my concern is that if we don't figure out how to stop this soon, some someone's going to file a lawsuit that says you're actually just treating these guys or women as employees. And that's going to be how this plays out. And I don't like that only because if you treat it, if you handle it that way in terms of a, of a lawsuit or litigation, then you can't, it's just at the hand it's in the hands of the court. You can't plan. Whereas if you're actually going to start treating people, these players like employees, then you can put some procedures in place. You can plan, you can get ahead of it. And so but like similar to what the NCAA did with NIL, I don't think that's going to happen. So is it is it twenty five k per year? Because I just saw just a just twenty five k. Yeah, I guess I didn't see. My assumption was per season or okay. you know something like that. See, my assumption was for the entirety that they're at they that they're there and that they that would get be. it upon graduation which is kind of similar to something that we also have at iowa state Mm -hmm. yeah i that's a good point i'm not sure on the details about that maybe we can dig a little bit into that because like once i think about that it's like okay that's not unsimilar to what like our players are getting at the as they graduate you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. 6,200, uh, $6,250 a year. Mm-hmm. That's not that much. No, I, right? no. And you're right. So I guess so we might. Ch- like just talking about that, I was like, hmm. And I looked at several different um, articles about this and yeah. it was very clear that the details are coming from agent the agency. Yeah. Um, and no one at the t- time. So this just happened last week and no one at that time um, had details on what this looks like for example do they sign a contract that says you know this has contingencies you only receive this amount of money upon playing this many games or whatever so i don't know i don't know it's just a this is the first the first of its kind for women's sports um there's been a several of these for on the men's side of things um we've seen several football teams you know everybody in the defensive line room gets x amount of dollars but this is the first one for women so and it won't be the last for sure okay so what i'm reading says earlier the month in the month the matador club the collective basically like the collective that we yes, have I but this too um for texas tech said that it's going to sign all 100 members of the texas tech football, football team, team to one year twenty five thousand and nil con contract that's a little different because that's a collective this is a marketing agency yeah and this is the other thing i have a question about so these guys are the marketing agency there's a weird line of are these guys acting like they're agents right but i don't this there's so much gray with nil yeah anyway something yeah but it's not saying like whether it's whether the 
women are getting a year or not. Right. Yeah, I was very vague about that. Texas Tech has a girl with hearing aids on the team, so I just automatically kind of love her, and I'm pumped. Do you, do you want to tell the story about her, or do you want to keep that private? Um, I don't know. I I mean, we went to the game last year, and I I can't remember if Rosa had just gotten her hearing aids yeah. or if she was. We like knew that she was going to get. I think we just knew she was going to get them. Um, and she was like, oh, that girl has hearing aids. Yeah. And I was like, what? She could see her all the way down on the court, had her little hearing aids. So I was like, yeah. wow. It's one of those examples of representation matters. You know, you know what is crazy to last Thursday, we were watching the, um, NFL preseason game and the guys had their like IFBs yeah. in their ears. Yeah. And she's like, those two guys have hearing aids. Oh. And I was like, yeah, I didn't want to like break her no. little heart and be like, nope. no, they're not really that. Just but let I was that like, one roll. Yeah. But I was like, they're a little bit different. And I kind of explained how people could talk to them through it. And she's like, well, yeah. can you talk to me through mine? And I was like, well, here's the thing. I'm not really sure because I didn't listen very well when we're into <laughs> audiologists. No, <laughs> they said that it could, this is just off on a tangent, but they said that it could connect somehow to Bluetooth. So yeah, now that we have, an appointment, one of those. we have an appointment coming up at the end of the month. And so I'm going to see if her hearing aids will connect to Bluetooth. So then I don't have to listen to the tablet anymore. There you go. That's genius. I know. It's genius. I know. Um, well, we have a, another um, role model. So we have we have a Texas Tech role model for Rosa. We have another role model on Iowa State's basketball team. It's Maggie Espen Miller McGraw. Mm. And she now is selling her headbands on the Cyclone Fanatic shop. So if you haven't purchased one already, make sure you get to the shop purchase one. If you have a neighbor girl that you see playing basketball in the driveway, or if you have a niece or heck, if your son is a big women's basketball fan, just do it. I got one. I ran with it a couple Saturdays ago. Felt really cool. I love it. <laughs> I was like, I'm representing Maggie and I'm very proud of it. So, so is it like stretchy? Tell us about it. Does it tie um, in the back? It's a tie in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it was so I'm picky about my headbands and I was a little nervous about it because I'm picky about them and it was actually very effective. So oh, it's, on, it's not only fashionable, but it's also effective. Good. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And that was the first tie one I've had and it didn't bother me. I thought it might. Okay. Yeah. Headbands always fall off the top of my head. I don't know if I have a cone shaped head you or do. what. I've been meaning to tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> actually, I have like a bun and when I just put my head down, it looked like I had <laughs> a cone head. Going ahead, Elisa. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a frustrating story to tell you before we go to break. Okay. It's frustrating, but it, I suppose you could look at it as encouraging at the same time. It just depends on whether you're a glass half full, half empty type of person, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So this is from our friend Steve Kemp, who sent us this article. Um, it's from the AP. Eric Olson did some reporting on the NCAA's progress report from the equity recommendations that were made by that third-party law firm after this disparity in the uh, men's and women's basketball March Madness tournaments were surfaced um, a couple of years ago. So we talked about this, but the firm made 23 recommendations. And per the progress report, nine of those have been adequately addressed so far. And the progress report was done by an anonymous third-party firm who's looking this over. So it's not the law firm that did the initial report. This is a separate third-party firm. Um, Women's basketball leadership and men's basketball leadership rejected a few of the recommendations together. And one of those was a simultaneous Final Four in the same city. Um, I think they did want some autonomy is what it sounded like. 
But this is the one that frustrates me. NCAA leadership decided against changing the D1 basketball administrative structure. You and I have talked about this. Right now, the vice president of women's basketball reports to the senior vice president of men's basketball. So just by the nature of the administrative hierarchy, women's basketball is underneath men's basketball. And frankly, even if that doesn't actually mean anything, I think it looks crappy. Yeah. And to me, that was one of those small changes that they could have made where maybe nothing in practice changes, but in symbolic um, terms and in just what it looks like on paper, it changes things a great deal. And I just am so, all of this is very off-putting to me. And that's just one of those examples of something that they could have done. It would have, it would have settled a lot of frustration from the outside looking in and they chose not to. So that one, that's the frustrating part of it for me. Yeah. Um, the, there are lots of areas in progress. I'm not going to read them all to you, but essentially they're, they're working on the remainder of those recommendations. Um, and then one big one that we've chatted about a lot, but it's important for us to keep an eye on is whether the NCAA decides to pursue standalone rights for the women's tournament, um, when their existing media and marketing contracts expire in 2024, because yeah. right now they're tied in with all of the other sports and are at a severe disadvantage. So that's, uh, that's going to so that be one's up still, right. they're still going to still waiting to talk about that. one. Yes. So okay. that one is not dead in the water. That one's still on the table. So Sweet. yeah, there's your silver lining. Good and bad. Yes. Okay. Um, we're going to go to a quick break, but before we do that, we need to tell you about our friend Hope Wood. I was hoping to see Hope at the IndyCar race at the Iowa Speedway a few Saturdays ago, but it was 10 gazillion degrees outside and we didn't get a chance to run into each other, but um, Hope is a good egg. I've told you I've known her since law school. She's a very, very good person. And she does her will in a day program where obviously she creates your will in the course of a day. Super fast and easy, ridiculously easy. And Hope is a wonderful human to work for, work with. Use the promotion Fanatic for $50 off the will in the day program and check her out at hopewoodjd.com. We are also brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right, Elisa, we need to talk about some breaking news that's near and dear to your heart. Break it. Serena Williams has announced that she's going to retire after the U S open. Can you, okay. So I think the way that she put it was that she's going to pursue some other Mm -hmm. activities or uh, some other things that she likes more than that are more important to her. Yeah. Like being a mom, she said, or spirituality. Yeah. And she broke this news. Was it on Vogue? They're in Vogue. I think so. I think so. So this gorgeous, beast of a woman tennis player breaks her news about retiring in vogue like just there it doesn't get more badass than that and she's on the cover yes and it's a gorgeous cover she's Mm -hmm. in this gorgeous blue gown and her daughter is in the back holding the train and hiding (laughs) so if you haven't seen that you should look it up but i just i just thought it was so cool because she is one of the most powerful looking women on earth she and is but she's always kind of done her own thing with style. 
And I mean, of all the places to break the news, she broke it in Vogue. And I just, I love it so much. I think it's interesting. I actually saw a video of her today, um, like just kind of walking up to this um, tennis court where these guys were just playing. It was kind Mm -hmm. of later at night and her and her husband were on a walk and they were just like, literally she's wearing like boots Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of walking by. And she's like, I think I might ask them if I can play the winner. Oh my God. He's like, and so they're kind of standing there and she's like, I think we've gotten God. I I just heard my name. And so then she like walks up. She's like, Hey guys, they're like, are you serious? Is that really you? Oh my gosh. And I think, I don't know if they ended up, she acted like she was going to play a game, but they didn't show any Mm -hmm. of it. I think her husband was taping it on his phone and stuff, but I, so I like, that was an interesting story in itself, but also like that video of her does not make her look quite as like, I don't know, like gigantic yeah. as some photos really make her like mm-hmm. a lot of the photos make her look larger than life and she is just like a complete athletic yes, specimen for sure right but I think that like especially on the cover of Vogue we're so used to seeing such thin stick yes. thin people yes. that when somebody with an athletic body gets on there it's like she's huge and it's like okay yeah like she does have like a bigger athletic body but she's not abnormal you know no. what i mean she's just right. a freak athlete with she's those muscles that complete she does complete freak athlete in the best way <laughs> yeah um but that i think that cover she just looks stunning yeah. like it is yeah it's breathtaking yeah i just um, think that that is a that's a type of body that like a a chunk of people can actually relate to not yeah not that a chunk of people are like the best athletes of all time that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that like to see her to see her in that video i was like okay i i think that more people can relate to her than maybe people seeing her on the cover mm-hmm. of vogue well, can I, relate to her and to be fair you know you know you see someone it's like when you see a baseball player in their uniform and then yeah. you see them in street clothes. Like it's yeah, a, it's a yeah. weird thing. Yeah. It's yeah. the same type of thing. I yeah. agree with that. Um, would you, I saw, because of course there was this discourse, there's this discourse every time something like this happens, there was arguments about, is she the greatest female athlete of all time? And then I saw someone say, she's just the greatest athlete of all time. And I was like, I don't hate that. <laughs> she's, right. She is in the conversation. There's no yeah. doubt. Her accolade, we, Alisa was talking about this before we started recording. And she was like, I was going to read her accolades, but people would probably just fall asleep because yeah. they're so long. <laughs> yeah, they are. And it's just like, we get it. We know. Like, yeah, she's won everything there is to win. Yes. Like, Multiple they've times. Named, they've named winning a lot after her. Like mm-hmm. the Serena, like yeah. They've named if you win a lot, then you're the Serena. <laughs> like yeah. basically, you know what I mean? Like they that she's just synonymous with winning. Yes, yeah, and domination too. Yeah, yeah. And at any given time, too. That's the other thing is that yes. like she had a baby, came back and dominated. Like got injured, came back and dominated, had down years, came back and dominated. Yep. It's like she's had so many seasons in her life where she's been great. Any any athlete has one season where they're great. And I'm not talking like 
you know, six month season. I'm talking like a season of their life. Yes. Like their early twenties. They're great. She's had so many seasons of her life. She's had this season of, you know, I'm a rookie in this area. I'm just coming into it. And I, you know, my first four years and then, you know, she has her, her dominating years where people say, well, now she's in her prime, you know, that that's another season. She has the season of her being, having a child and getting married and having a family. And, you know, that's a completely different season. We know you and I know, like for sure, it is a completely different life like if I think about my life, I used to walk down to the YMCA every day, every day before I had kids. Like mm-hmm. I would exercise all the time before I had kids. I would make delicious meals right. before I had kids. You know what I mean? Like I would look up 30 ingredient dinners just for a weeknight before I had kids. Because you could. Because I could. But you know, now that I have kids, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to cook these dinners. I'm exci- I'm more excited to go to their t-ball games than I am to like be on a sand volleyball team. It's like things have changed now and my priorities are different. And that is not different with a professional athlete. Like they have their priorities change when they have a family, when they have kids. And I think that it's so much more unique for women as well because you've like there are nine months where you probably cannot push yourself I know you cannot push yourself um that far I I think and I could be completely wrong but I think she had a rough pregnancy I think she was really sick um and I was really sick when I with both of my pregnancies I was throwing up a lot like I had no desire to like train hard or anything like that and nine months off and then I mean don't even talk about the couple months after you've had Mm -hmm. kids like it's a full year Mm -hmm. you know to be to be out of a sport that you've played for your entire life and if it wasn't something that you planned it's just kind of a surprise and on top of of that year of being pregnant in the aftermath, your body changes after having a child. You are not the same human anymore. And so these habits that you've had for years that worked suddenly don't work anymore. Right. And I can't imagine, you know, it's hard enough to get the, get the run in in the morning for me. I can't imagine being a professional athlete and having to relearn a lot of what she had been doing before so okay this is what i was thinking so she after she had her baby olymp what is it what is the her daughter's name olympia it's something really pretty like that. if that's it yeah i think that that's something like that but she like had serious complications after that and like she was short of breath and um all of that kind of stuff and she so she went to the nurse and Okay, so this is this is a whole other podcast. And I'm not talking like another 45 minute episode. Mm. This is a completely other podcast because this is a series. Yeah. Because the the response that black women in America mm. get in the healthcare system and especially 
pregnant black women, the response that they get from many healthcare workers is abysmal and the death rates are abysmal. And like, this is a fact that America needs to change. Yes. Like we say about everything, there are amazing nurses. There are amazing doctors that know exactly what they're doing. But many times the thought is that either black women can handle more pain Mm. or that black women are overreacting. And like, these things are not true. Those are, that's not a scientific fact. Either of those things are not a scientific fact. Those things are not true. And so she kind of talks about the, 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 um, that the old, like she had an ultrasound and all this kind of stuff. And, and she, like the doctors just kind of weren't listening to her and she, she really had to like advocate for herself. And so I don't know, there's a whole kind of story about, um, a scare that she had and like, she was coughing frequently and, um, she coughed enough to cause her C-section wounds to rupture. Oh my God. She had, she had, I think like she was coughing up blood. She was bleeding. Like she just had a lot of complications Mm -hmm. post-pregnancy. And so like, that was one of the things that I remember hearing about her that it's, it was really, I think like changed, like, that's what I think when I hear her say, like, there are things that are more important to me Mm -hmm. than tennis. I think that that happened when she had her daughter. And not because she had a child did those things change, but because of the experience of having the child. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she's one of those women that, um, you know, there are just certain athletes. We talked about this with Sue Bird, who's um, on the cusp of retiring as well. She's one of those athletes that you grow up with. And then in your mind, you think they're never going to retire. They're going to be around forever. And she's retiring and it's just really strange to wrap your mind around and it's going to be very strange without her, but she has transcended popularity of just tennis and has become one of the most recognizable and popular, um, and famous athletes, not just women, but men, all athletes of all time. And so it's, uh, happy for her for sure. Um, and for her to pursue the other interests that she's indicated, but that's just a, that's a big loss. It is. And I remember like, I remember when she started playing, I remember when Venus started playing and I was like, whoa, she's good. <laughs> yes. And then Serena came along and I was like, what is happening? There's two of them. Yeah. And just like watching them play, there was a spark that I hadn't seen in, you know, I, who was playing before them? Like Steffi Graf was playing before mm-hmm. them. And I enjoyed watching tennis, but it was like, it was a, it was must see TV, you know, yes. when they started to play yes. when they were playing That's doubles. Right. Oh, some of those games that they played doubles, like that was awesome to watch. I mean, that, it was just a different level of yeah. superstar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they, they opened the door and showed girls like, like Naomi and Coco Mm -hmm. that it was like that there was a place for them. Absolutely. And that's like, that's the legacy that Venus and Serena are going to leave. And I think they both Naomi and Coco have said that I know Coco played against 
Venus and beat her and was like, I am so sorry, you know, (laughs) and Venus was like, don't be sorry. You know, and I remember watching Coco beat Serena too. And just being like, and everyone just wanted to talk to Serena and Serena's like, no, I didn't win this, right. Win this match. Like Coco won this match. Talk to Coco. But I don't know. They're they're They carry themselves like the leaders that they are. Yes. And I think that she's going to lead in so many different ways. I think so now. too. I'm, and it's the same, same thing with like Sue Bird. Like I'm so excited to see the ways that Sue starts to lead. So I want to talk about that a little bit because she just played her last home game in Seattle over the weekend. It was a sold out arena. She was wearing these special sneakers that had a happy retirement banner um, on the back of them. They were cool shoes. You should check them out. The mayor proclaimed August 7th as Sue Bird Day. Um, So she's getting the celebration she absolutely deserves. But the question that you just raised, Elisa, is, you know, what do you do after basketball or for Serena? What do you do after tennis? Well, Sue Bird has just signed on to become a minority investor in the National Women's Soccer League, um, the New Jersey, New York Gotham Football Club. And she's going to act as a consultant and advisor to boost the club's profile in local, national and international markets. Now, the cool thing is she's joining this really amazing ownership group. It's um, got Carly Lloyd on the team, Kevin Durant, Eli Manning. The funny part about this is that this is a competitor to her fiance, Megan Rapinoe's team, who plays for the, uh, the rain. So <laughs> dear honey, I'm going yeah. to purchase a, <laughs> a minority interest in a team that you compete against love Sue. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so like, and that's the competitive spirit too. I feel like they have in their household. Like that's so fun for sure. And the, um, so someone asked her, asked Sue about it. She, you know, what did Megan say? And she said, it wasn't conversation that Megan said, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I just was like, of course she did, because (laughs) of course she's going to go say, now I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's really neat to see this era of athletes that we grew up with who are now in retirement age. And there's a big chunk of them that in the next few years are going to retire. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see them buying into sports that are growing, giving back to the sports that they grew up in and just being a part of the conversation, a part of the scene. Yeah. And I think about like greats from when we were young and the teams that they purchased, like even just Michael Jordan yeah, becoming, was it the wizard, Wizards, you know, yeah. and just thinking about like all of these male players that purchased and like, I know, I know who they are and what mm-hmm. team that they owned or own, you know, and it's like, now the women are starting to get into it and they're starting to get into it because they have, first of all, they have the money to do it because they're starting to make a little bit more, but it just shows you that like women's sports and women athletes are not that far behind. Well, and they're being smart about what they're investing in. You're seeing a lot of athletes, um, and, you know, actors and media names that are big in the media purchasing, buying into women's soccer. Yeah. Um, and that's one we keep seeing over and over again. And what's crazy is we always talk about viewership numbers. So here's an example. Um, so last week, the the Euros tournament, the European Women's Championship, which is kind of the regional tournament over in that part of the world, 
um, in advance of the World Cup that finished last week. So the championship game was between England and Germany. They had a peak viewership of 17.4 million viewers in England for that game. In the 2019 World Cup game, World Cup game between England and the United States, it was a peak of 11.7 million. And this, the Euros tournament, it's a big deal, but it's not World Cup big deal. So we're talking a growth of 6 million viewers in just a couple of years, just like that overnight. And that was also, that was just viewers on TV. And that also fails to mention that they played in front of a crowd of 87,000 people, which is the biggest ever attendance for a European championship match, men's or women's. It is growing at an insane rate. Just um, insane. So it said that a third of the entire UK population watched the championship. That game. is awesome. That is 23.3 million, a third of the entire UK population. And then right on the heels of that, the US women's national team says they're going to play England, um, assu assuming England qualifies for the um, Olympics, which they will. But assuming they qualify, they're going to play England in England in October and the match sold out faster than any women's soccer match in history. So they're wow. going to play in front of 90,000 fans in October. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. And the U S women's soccer team, by the way, um, just won the CONCACAF tournament, which is kind of the equivalent, our equivalent of the euros. So they're in the Olympics. Now that was their Olympic qualifier. They're the second nation to earn the birth to the Olympics, um, in 24, which I think is in Paris. So they're in, they're in the world cup. They're in the Olympics. It's going to be a fun few years for women's yeah. soccer. You know what I just thought about kind of going back to super investing and watching a lot of these women invest. Like there are, there are players who bet on the games and then there are, <laughs> then there are players who invest in the teams. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yes. in the world, in, in the world full of sports betting, I want to be a sports investor. That's a, I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. That's a good one, Elisa. I'm really proud been, of you for thank that. You. I've just been sitting here thinking about that. We should do something with that. Mike, okay. can you make us a t-shirt? Mike. Mike, are you listening? I mean, I mean, I feel like we need a shirt anyway. Yeah. Remember how Stans and Fitz had their like um their 20 shirt. They're yeah. like political party political shirt. Political party shirt. I feel like and we need a football shirt. and random things has one. It's time for Title Nine to get a shirt. Yeah. It. It's time and for us to it. get a shirt. In a world full of sports betters, be a sports investor. Even if it's just the two of us. Well, no, I want a cooler one. Maybe we should okay. have a whole line. Okay, this is gonna be fun. Okay. Okay, we'll brainstorm. If you have yeah. ideas for us, slide yeah. into our DMs. Um, when I first went to um college and I started in sport management or not in sport management, I when I started in fashion she design. You can't even remember. She's so old. I know I am so old. Um, I started in fashion design and I thought that I might um I might like design jerseys and yeah. stuff. Like the Anna Florzaks of the world who yeah. are climbing their way up Nike. But then I just switched to uh, sport management, and I was and like, now you're designing cakes. Yeah, and now I'm wearing <laughs> uh, fa la 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 shirt. Is that a over... Christmas shirt? Oh yeah, this is fa la 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 over Santa. Oh, you're double. The Christmas and I have a Santa t-shirt on. I know. I have a lot it. of I have a lot of Christmas shirts, and they all are just comfortable. 
well, it's Christmas in August, I guess. Yeah, I don't really care. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> Go ahead. Look at me if you this want is, to. This so is another bad. reason we need a Title IX shirt so you don't yeah. have to wear Christmas shirts Just in look August. at me. <laughs> look at me if you're looking so hard. I have nothing else to say. Do you have anything else to say? I'm sure I do. Hey, it's one month till college football. <sighs> what episode uh, is this? Did you already say this that? Is 78. 78. What are we going to do so. for 100? I have to throw a big old party. I thought we said for our 100th episode we were going to finally have a man on, but <laughs> we, we've we had men. Oh, I guess we don't want to wait that long. Guys, guys, I think we're going to have some cool um, guests on soon. Like really cool. Really cool. Like really, really cool. Like so cool. Like what if, what if that one maybe what if he's listening right now he better he said he would i know hey hey um i need a paper bag (sighs) just breathe into your christmas shirt hey hey jared can you edit this so i sound cool Good luck with that, Jerry Bear. It's going to be rough. Anyway, we could have some really cool guests coming Yeah, up. so stay tuned. It's going to be a fun fall. Yeah. All right. One month till football. Go Cyclones. Go State.